Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. You having technical skills, especially wanting to look at some of these areas, brings a much higher set of desirable traits for some of these areas. In the Women Who Code Career Nav segment of our show, you'll hear real world advice from people who are currently working in the technology industry and personally know the steps needed to succeed. These talks will include both career advice as well as a look at the industry itself and its practices. Stacey Devenow is a multifaceted international speaker noted for her work in diversity advocacy, tech democracy, real talk personal and technical development, and as a keynote speaker, which we are so grateful that she's joining here, us here today as. She's been an Android developer for over a decade and has worked on nearly every aspect of the ecosystem, currently specializing in rich, engaging media experiences for customers at Stitch Fix, where she's a senior principal engineer. Her work has been featured on sites like Wired, Gizmodo, and Geek.com, in addition to being mentioned directly in published books. Stacy is an Intel innovator, GDG organizer, women who code evangelist, women tech makers ambassador, former, former women tech makers North America mentor, former Google developer expert for Android, and former Google developer group mentor. I'm so excited to be hosting Stacey today as our opening keynote for You Don't Have to Be a Manager. <laughs> wow, that was a lot. I <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize you were going to read the whole thing. Oh my God, goodness. I want everyone to know. I, you know, uh, there are like five or six other things I knocked off of there. Like, um, I'm just like going, this, this reads really terribly. <laughs> um, this, list. Like, who is this braggart person? Uh, but also just like, uh, I think it, it also goes into a little bit of that imposter syndrome, like qualify yourself before you get in the room kind of thing. Um, but here today, I am so excited to tell you why you don't have to be a manager. And, and why, why might this be a thing? Well, I'm pretty sure that like y'all, I have heard this over and over again. If you want to move up in your career, you have to become a manager. And it's usually from a bad manager. What they're really talking about is that you need to become a, quote, people manager. And that's not necessarily the case, right? Right? There are so many things available to you that it's not about giving up. It's about deciding what you love most. And I really want you all to key in on some of the color changes here. It's about not giving up what you love, weighing what you really care about versus something that eh, it's, it's fine, right? Everything when it comes to life is about decision-making and decision-making is very rarely a pure yes or no answer. It's all about weighing the options. So I want to start with the tech path specializations. These are the things that you're probably the most familiar with from the path that you're kind of currently on from a senior engineer perspective, right? So where can you go from being a senior engineer? First, we'll go through staff engineer, then principal engineer, distinguished engineer. And I'm not going to touch on the last one in there called a uh, fellow, 
only because it's practically mythical and uh, only it, it is God tier. Um, so uh, <laughs> I don't know how you get there because I know only a handful uh, and it, it seems very much like uh, circumstances and uh, luck play into capability as well. And I kind of grayed out some other ones that we're going to go over a little further on in this presentation. Let's just start with what is a staff or a lead engineer? This is a group or feature leader that makes platform level decisions. And I'm also going to preface that I have a bunch of different categories that are ranked kind of like one to five, one being the least, five being the most, and it's all done with emojis. In terms of meeting and pairing, you're going to have more pairing and more planning, planning meetings than you did when you were a senior engineer. Yeah, to be expected, right? You're going to be spending a lot more time individually working with folks. Technical skills. So whereas a senior engineer is kind of a three out of five, a staff, staff or lead engineer is a four out of five you are considered a domain expert in your given platform. In terms of coding time, code is spent in time teaching others and doing core deliverables. So when it comes to kind of the things that everybody in your platform is specifically using, um, and uh, especially around that feature or that group, that's what you're organizing and very often uh, kind of putting together the kind of core pieces for everyone else to jump into. In terms of leadership, you're starting to technically oversee others and working with product to develop timelines. So this means that you're making sure you, you're the point person when it comes to PRs, right? It's, it's important that you're paying attention to the quality of work and how people are actually putting things together uh, so that you can make sure that the, it lines up with what the expectations are. In terms of responsibility, first to jump on emergency issues in your domain and primary contact for your domain. In terms of documentation, doing the work no longer matters as much unless you document the why, the how, and the result. You are not just implementing, you are planning and strategizing. In terms of the drunk drawer, you have to go through and do things like monitoring crash logs and kind of those unsexy development tasks, including especially, you know, bug tasks, especially the really nasty ones. And oftentimes bring in more meetings and pairing around those so that you can help skill up other people. In terms of soft skills, you're starting to do more presentation internally and externally. And as kind of an internal leader, it's really important that you start developing some of those positive communication skills that help unite your group, yourself, with the alignment of the company. All right, now we're into principal engineer territory. So I'm a senior principal. Uh, so this is an area I have a lot of <laughs> current experience in, but I've, I've had this position kind of before as well, but it's really a platform leader that makes the architecture decisions in their domain and starts to touch in on other domains. So that means that you're you might be doing 
I'll throw an example. Android and API, not just necessarily in defining schema, but defining kind of standardization and uh, other things might be touching into your platform, but are not part of your platform inherently. In terms of meeting and pairing, more planning meetings, you're working with other leaders, you're setting tech direction across multiple individual areas. Technical skills. You are a domain expert now with the knowledge of system architecture. And very often, you have had to learn other types of coding in order to do this and be effective in multiple areas. As an example, I've had to learn some more Ruby and React.js and uh, some Golang and a bunch of other things uh, related to like kind of server systems and sometimes just a little bit of brush up. Coding time, here's where the hit is. So you've skilled up in meeting and pairing technical skills, but your coding time is less uh, because really you're just focusing in on core deliverables and organization of coding and really kind of some of these other areas around leadership. You are the symbolic leader for your entire platform, internally, externally, all of those things. You have high levels of responsibility because it's your platform, your architecture, your people, your teams, because you're very often leading teams that have their own uh, lead engineer or staff engineer that are working on a specific feature or capability, and you have to organize that. Documentation. Oh my gosh, diagramming systems. And you are ultimately the one who is responsible for your entire platform, which means you better have some documentation to back up some of your decisions, as well as honestly making it easy for people to onboard. How good the onboarding experience is into your given platform falls on you as, as a principal engineer. Part of that's documentation. In terms of the junk drawer, uh, there's kind of a little bit more than staff, but you're really managing different systems than kind of bug fixes because you're really doing kind of backup resiliency. You're looking at how, um, like how well are endpoints actually performing right now? Oh, identify this, move back through messaging, uh, CICD systems. How do I optimize builds? How do we make testing work better? In terms of soft skills, you're the representative of your platform internal and to senior leadership and senior leadership um, might just be kind of more the director of VP uh, level, maybe not in the C-suite, but you know you are that liaison for everything that's going on in your given area. This 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 is the uh, high level one, right? So distinguished engineer, software architect, responsible for setting the direction of engineering as a whole and architecting shared systems. So you might have a particular domain that you're in charge of, but you ultimately are also setting direction for all of engineering and you have to do so in, in a group and understanding how everything else really works. In terms of meeting and pairing, pretty darn high, right? Because you're working with other tech leaders to set tech direction. Technical skills. We haven't necessarily leveled up in terms of technical capability uh, from 
the principal level because it really is uh, not necessarily about that. You might build up in terms of architecture skills, but it's not that your technical skill overall is, is significantly higher. In terms of coding time, yep, it's lower because you are taking on a lot of leadership tasks. You are the technical leader for your entire discipline to the senior company leadership. You have high level of responsibility because you might have several principal and engineers underneath you managing their platform. So now you're not just managing a platform, you're managing multiple, doing multiple architectures, mult managing multiple people in terms of technical uh, actual deliverables and ultimate accountability for all of them falls on you in terms of an engineering capacity. Documentation. Oh my gosh, such high documentation. Uh, because your decisions are setting the direction of everyone else, that has to be very explicitly documented in a very, very concise way so that people can actually enact what your vision is. If you don't have documentation, you don't have a vision. In terms of the junk drawer, you get the flaming, uh, flaming junk drawer. Tech debt is your job to identify and fix across eng and balance that tech debt in terms of prioritization. And really kind of, instead of implementing CICD systems, actually developing CICD systems. Soft skills. I, I'm giving this like kind of four teddy bears and an actual bear, uh, because you are the representative basically of engineering to the whole C-suite for your entire like area, right? So it's not unusual for you to have meetings with the CTO or at least not, especially at a group level. All right. Tech domain specializations. These are things that are open, but maybe aren't obvious. There are so many areas that you can go into from a senior engineering background where that is extremely valuable and gets you a premium. What? What? Ooh, somebody said money. Somebody said money. I, I swear somebody said money. It, it's true, right? You having technical skills, especially wanting to look at some of these areas, brings a much higher set of desirable traits for some of these areas. So with that, let's start with the technical product manager. This is a product manager with strong tech skills to manage technical aspects of a product and engineering teams. And that means you're gonna have more meetings and pairing. Your job is people, product management, and timelines. So in terms of technical skills, where you may have been kind of like a three as a senior engineer, you, you're actually maybe going down a little bit because you're not physically implementing the solution. You know how it works. You know necessarily how to do it for the most part, but you're not physically doing. In terms of coding time, it's really only going to be in enabling other teams or other pieces of the actual product. So it might be some scripting, um, setting up some third-party libraries or features, things along those lines. 
terms of leadership, you're the voice in the room that your engineering teams are not in. So that means you have to be a strong advocate. In terms of responsibility, you're responsible for the success of the product and meeting the timelines that you set. That's a big one. In terms of documentation, you document and present the work on a product level to the whole company. So documentation is really, really key because again, if it's not documented, it doesn't exist. In terms of a junk drawer, you're really gonna just kind of manage and monitor kind of the core systems for trending data and any alerts that are generally non-technical but are important to the success of your product. In terms of soft skills, you need to have high verbal and written communication skills in order to set the strategy and as part of doing that actual technical planning work. In terms of a project manager, you are the person who defines the scope and timelines of a project while also being responsible for resourcing and unblocking. So whereas before, technical product manager was actually just managing the product from a technical standpoint, which might mean that they're working with you know, multiple different uh, teams and engineering factions, the project manager is potentially overseeing multiple product managers, which means you're going to have a lot of meetings and bearing. So your job is the whole project. So you will probably be in personal product and leadership meetings consistently, really just being the voice. In terms of technical skills, you know enough to be effective, for the project and to have the correct perspective. But again, you're not implementing and you're really relying on a lot of your product managers and engineering leaders to kind of handle a lot of that detail work. In terms of coding time, pretty similar, right? Uh, if, if any is spent in verification or testing to make sure that the project is meeting expectations. In terms of leadership, it is higher. So you're the voice of the entire project, inclusive of engineers, designers, and product groups. You're bringing it all together. And it's not like you're just delivering on, quote, a product. You're delivering on an entire project, right? So as like an example in mobile, it, you would have multiple factions working on Android Studio, right? So you'd have multiple product managers, but you might have one project manager for all of Android Studio. But each of those tools probably has somebody in product surrounding maybe one or two of those. In terms of responsibility, you are the one ultimately responsible for all aspect of the project. Success or fail falls on your shoulders. The ability to push that information, communicate that information, and take responsibility where appropriate is, is really key. Documentation. You are not necessarily documenting to the same degree that a product manager is, but you are organizing a lot of the documentation that everyone else is actually creating and putting it into a more cohesive storytelling uh, style. In terms of junk drawer, you have more junk drawer, right? So it is heavy communication to continuously identify and move to eliminate blockers and debt. And a little bit of kind of looking into the future in order to make sure that you are planning effectively. 
so that these issues are already taken care of before anybody has to see them. In terms of soft skills, this is the highest, right? High verbal, networking, and written communication skills are required to fulfill this need. All right, so we're going to go into a totally different area. So technical sales, basically a product manager. In terms of technical sales, you know the product inside and out as well as how to sell internal and external meetings. In terms of technical skills, you know how to connect products with capabilities at a technical level. In terms of coding time, this can be pretty variable depending on if you're working for a SaaS company uh, or if you're working for a large company versus a small company. Uh, I can tell you that there is a good friend of mine who has been in technical sales for a long time and he still physically does uh, planning and architecture and all of these kinds of very technical uh, pieces to the implementation. So, and that is at a very well-known tech company. So technical sales can actually be very technical. In terms of leadership, you organize and prioritize, but generally you don't kind of lead anyone. You might have a small team um, and you might work directly on the implementation, but it is what it is. So in terms of responsibility, your job is to sell and maintain relationships with customers for general follow-through. In terms of documentation, lots of pricing, general accounting, technical documentation of their solutions. Junk drawer, eh, it's really about maintaining client relationships and being the point person for all the little things, getting all that little stuff that they might mention kind of taken care of. In terms of soft skills, this is sales. Sales is the ultimate soft skills. So you need those communication capabilities in all categories, but especially in networking and, and your ability to, to sell <laughs> at the end of the day. Technical account manager. So actually a technical account manager is really the liaison for, for an entire account uh, when it comes to kind of like SaaS companies um, or even just general sales. So where we had somebody who was a technical uh, salesperson, now we're into a technical account manager. That's really the like maintenance side of that relationship and the full implementation side of that relationship. So in terms of meetings and pairing, you are maintaining relationships and instructing teams while keeping leadership informed as to the project uh, actually moving forward or multiple projects that are for a single company uh, or for whoever that client might be. In terms of technical skills, you're going to have actually quite a bit of technical skills in most of these uh, situations because you know how the whole architecture works together and each piece is part of the client solution. So while you might not be coding very much, you might actually be doing a lot in terms of architecting how all of your different products interact and kind of also tapping in a little bit to some of those continuing sales. Leadership, you're often organizing multiple teams in internally around engineering and product in order to meet the client needs. In terms of responsibility, you're responsible for everything for your client, even if it's beyond your control. That's a, that's a tough pill to swallow, but, it, but it's true. 
Um, any discourse that your client is feeling, uh, you are the point person for that. Uh, even if it's something that you can't move, make move faster, it's your responsibility to kind of say, Hey, you know, we're working on it. Uh, and this is what the real timeline is. We didn't necessarily scope this. How can we make it better? Right. Um, really put minds at ease. Documentation. If you don't document the implementation details, especially what you did and the technical requirements for the client, it doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. Junk drawer. Maintenance as a daily habit, watching logs, analytics, and staying atop market trends so that you can help the client get the best solution. And kind of this last one, since you are the liaison on behalf of the client and on behalf of the company, each faction needs to feel that you are on their side. So this is, this is a difficult one in terms of maintaining relationships, but kind of important. So kind of, we went through all of these. I lied, sorry, but also not sorry because everyone becomes a manager. It's all about who and what you are managing. So when we looked at the technical track, you're managing tech, you're managing people in their technical growth. You're managing your platform. While people may not directly report to you in terms of, you know, for their, for their promotion, you're absolutely part of those conversations. Your feedback's invaluable. It's your job to help them grow. You should be working with their people manager to be another faction of their people management. And when we look at the non-technical, uh, you know, non-tech usual tracks, right? So the tech domain tracks, you're managing relationships, you're managing architecture, you're managing product, you're managing projects, you're managing multiple people. Well, they might not directly quote report to you, you're ultimately responsible and they are responsible to you as well. So everyone as part of moving up in some capacity becomes a manager. So as an overview, what have we learned? There are multiple paths for your tech career. Senior engineer is just the start to so many options. You really need to invest in soft skills. It's not all about quote, grinding leak code. It's about how you communicate value, either value in relationships, value of the work that's being done, prioritization, strategy. Being able to communicate those effectively is important to every single job that's available. Moving up is skilling up. You're a whole person. You bring that package to what you do. If you noticed in every single capacity, the number of things that you had to increase, you physically went up by multiple points <laughs> from where the previous position was every single time. So again, it's tying into that kind of second slide. It's all about weighing what it is that you love most and deciding where you want to skill up, how you want to skill up. But everywhere along the path, you're learning and growing. And one thing that I will definitely bring in as part of my piece here is that you ultimately define the role. Whatever your title is doesn't define you and how you can make the role your own.
So while I have definitely uh, had multiple different titles within my career path, I've also had totally different roles in terms of what the expectations are. I've done everything from being the UI UX lead to uh, being the like actual uh, like kind of lead and platform engineer for multiple teams um, and you know developing things that are super deeply technical and almost nothing to do with UI uh, to things that are very you know UX and experience based and ultimately what you do is really how you move in that particular space. There are a lot of principal engineers who are very product focused and really deliver on high communication skills and optimize on the value of the people that they lead. But then there's also principal engineers, you know, just looking at my own capacity that are very, very, very in depth in a very technical specific area. And they are the point person for anything that touches into that. So there's multiple ways to define what a role is. And the title doesn't always mean what you think it means. And lastly, you have to look at your career and personal life at the big picture level. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Doing that helps me feel okay during the weeks when one part of my life overwhelms the other. By Joanna Hornsnail. So you got this. Don't worry, if it takes time, it takes time. I've definitely gone back and forth. And quite honestly, I've had pretty much the same title for most of the last decade in some capacity. So don't worry about it. If you're a senior engineer for three years, five years, 10 years, if that's where you're happiest and you don't wanna move forward, you don't have to. It's ultimately about making the best decisions for your life and lifestyle. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.